Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is January the 25th, 2024. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, today was nice. Uh, I gotta tell you, it is, it's very funny uh, to be an Ohioan. I think this is just a Midwesterner in general. Uh, we had the weather hit about 50 degrees or so uh, today. And um, mind you, it's still damp out. It's still very foggy and gross. Um, but people are out here working in shorts right now um, of all varieties, gym, denim. They're, they're just they're ready to sh- just bare these legs. And it's like, come on, y'all. We're in, we're in January. All right. We are in the hard winter. Come on. Just pants. They, they work. Just let them let them do their thing. Um, no, I'm fine. If, if, if you're comfortable and you're good, like, I think what really jogged me out of this thinking is when I tried it myself, I took the Pepsi challenge, you know, didn't like it. We went back to pants. But then I also remember the, um, who are they? They're like the polar bear club and they go out in their skivvies, you know, they're in their little speedos and their little swimming caps and, and they're doing it up. So, you know, who am I, who am I to judge? Uh, but yeah, no, we're doing good. Uh, let me, um, Let's see, talk about Food Corner, you know, classic stuff. Uh, Yet again, another error was made by your boy. Um, I went to go make my classic burger hot dog fry, and I realized that I didn't have any hot dog buns. So I could have audible done done something different, um, but I I just wasn't feeling that. And I said, okay, let's just do double burger tonight. And um, on top of the fries, I also had some onion rings, too. So... It was good. It was yummy. You know, we made do. It worked out. But, you know, I'm like, man, I got to step it up. You know what I mean? I can't can't keep making these kind of mistakes. Uh, but no, overall, we're really good. Um, I got to say, uh, I'm, I'm just taking a moment here for myself to really say I'm, I'm really having a good month, a really great start to the year. Knock on wood that we just kind of keep this momentum going. Um, I feel very positive and I'm, I'm very happy to feel this kind of positivity. It's kind of hard to put into words. I, I, maybe in some ways I'm kind of keeping some things private-ish, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just overall feeling good. You know what I mean? We haven't cried, you know, any tears or anything like that. And that's nice. That feels good. You know, just the vibes are where they should be. And that, that's something that I'm really happy just to take stock in kind of as we close out this month and, you know, continue on with this year. Hopefully you're doing the same and feeling the same on this Thursday. Uh, so yeah, let me, uh, you know, without further ado, well, there's a little bit more of a ado. I'm going to take my startup and then we'll get into um, some news. From Al Jazeera, trader, thousands strike against Argentina's president, Javier Malay. So I know we haven't talked about um, old Javier since he got elected, but um, this was a big turnout for people protesting against him. I was actually very happy to see this, if I'm being honest. In the biggest show of resistance to date against far-right president Javier Malay, 
Argentinian workers have taken to the streets for a general strike, bringing swaths of downtown Buenos Aires to a standstill. It was an unprecedented, unprecedented mobilization. Never before in modern Argentinian history has a mass strike been called less than seven weeks into a new presidency. So essentially, people are already feeling some of the the ramifications that like um, people have kind of been you know warning, kind of saying in terms of like yeah he's going to make these kind of changes. He's going to start pushing these things and it's definitely not going to feel good. It's going to feel actually quite fucking terrible. Um, he's likened it to shock therapy and, um, you know, that's a valid statement. Now, I, I think just the, it's the overall question of, is this actually the right step? Or are the things he's su- suggesting actually going to pan out worth it for Argentina. I mean, they're dealing with record level inflation. It is the kind of stuff that is is ma- like you're you're priced out of your entire grocery store. Like you literally cannot even eat beans, you know? And and, and that's a that's a very crazy desperate time to be in. I've listened to some other things. Uh I'm going to plug a podcast a good podcast to listen to, uh Planet Money. Super good. NPR situation super fun joint. I try to listen to that maybe like once or twice a week when I can, but yeah, it's definitely very worth it. Um, but they were just kind of explaining that like the peso, the value of the peso is so bad that people go out of their way to exchange it for the US dollar. So that's one of those things that like Javier Malay is just saying, yeah, let's fuck it. Let's just do that then. Let's just tie our shit to the dollar instead. But that has its own set of legal hurdles and, you know, pros and cons and things of that nature. Um, so we don't even know when, if and when we're going to get to that. Um, but that being said, he's done a lot of reforms already. I think he's like pushed like something like 500 or so, something like, like a, some kind of like mega decree. But that is uh, potentially up for debate within Congress. I know he's cut a lot of jobs. Um, let me read a little bit here. Uh, Argentina has been suffering from record triple-digit inflation when Malay took office in December tenth. Uh, on December tenth, uh, and a bit of a you know an aside here, I guess, but uh, not to give Malay credit or anything like that. But it, it is the same situation where I where I talk about with with America, where I get so annoyed when people want to talk about how like oh. Back with Trump, we had such a good economy, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And it's like, no, dude, the, the whole time that you're grumbling about Biden's economy, that took place because of the sins of the four, the predecessor. You know what I mean? Like, we had all this stimulus money, all this fucking bullshit, and then we wound up drowning off of that shit. And at the end of the day, yeah, I, I have my scruples about what, you know, econ- economists are saying about the economy. Is it better? Is it fixed? Are Bidenom- are Bidenomics working? I don't know. I think on paper, yes, like things are better. But at the end of the day, that is Biden's W. He did actually tamper down the economy, something that Trump set up. But at the end of the day, people aren't going to look at it that way. You know what I mean? People are only going to think, oh, no, things were just actually so much better with Trump. And then we had to deal with Biden's mistakes. And now we just want to fix it. So I kind of look at this here with this kind of mindset. And I go, well, you know, as much as I want to hate on Malay here, I get why why people went to the ballot box thinking, I'll take anything that fixes the situation because it's only getting worse with this left wing administration. You know what I mean? At least this guy's saying, hey, I'm going to do the things that are going to hurt, but they're going to help. Um, do I agree that they're going to help? 
No, I don't know. I mean, this is a guy who literally said, I'm going to be, I knew I was going to be president because my dog from the grave told me that. And I've also cloned my dog like a bunch of times. And, you know, I I love my dog. That's my dog. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Look, man, he's a character. He's a kook. I, you know, but at the end of the day, he's who Argentina chose. Who am I to say? But I will say it's great that people have come out and said, look, dude, we're going to hold you to account on this shit. And I hope they do it for every step of the way. you got to do this shit. And hopefully, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't, this maybe this is the Virgo in me. I don't know, but I don't want to come off condescending. But like, hopefully then this is a lesson learned for what, however this goes. And maybe I'm wrong in eating humble pie and, and Javier Malay fixes everything. And you know what? Then I will be here to tell the story, I hope, you know, but um, that, that's where we'll leave it here. Um, we'll end rant on that one. From the Associated Press. Washington State reaches a nearly $150 million settlement with Johnson & Johnson over opioid crisis. The Washington State Attorney General announced a $149.5 million settlement Wednesday with, ooh, excuse me, drug maker Johnson & Johnson, more than four years after the state sued the company over its role in the opioid addiction crisis. They knew what the harm was. They did it anyway. Attorney General Bob Ferguson told Reporters Wednesday. The Attorney General's announcement came as opioid overdose deaths uh, more than doubled from 2019 to 2020, with uh, 2,048 deaths recorded in 2022, according to the most recent numbers from Washington State Department of Health. Let's see here. Um, I, I do think this is overall something that's going to be a good thing. I think it's going to hopefully go to, um, you know, works in communities to help with, um, you know, dealing with this opioid crisis. But um, at the same time, even though $123 million, I always say this, it sounds like a lot um, to, you know, your average Joe Bear, especially a broke bitch like myself. Um but in the scheme of things, by the time it actually hits people, it hits programs, it winds up not being that much. And, you know, it, it's sad that this, you know, this dark beat, you know, continues to drum on. Uh, but some more I wanted to read here. The settlement agreement still requires approval from a judge. If approved, the deal would send over $20 million more to respond to the opioid crisis than if the state had signed onto a national settlement in 2021 involving Johnson & Johnson, the Attorney General uh, General's office said. Now, I'm not sure here, but I'm also curious, um, and I wouldn't be surprised, if a deal like this allows them to more or less just Pontius Pilate, you know, wash their hands of the situation, and it's like, cool, you don't come for us anymore, we don't have to say any more sorries, we don't have to be like, oh, and they just move on, which is something I, I also dislike, because I feel like, no, at the end of the day, th- this is something that, it, like, it has, like, almost infinite ramifications, like, and, and you know, in the American judicial system, yeah, you're, you're asked to be laid bare for this, but, I mean, settlements kind of negate that, um, but we'll see. Uh, there was a closing statement I think I wanted to read here before we move on to the next thing. Uh, the deal comes about two years after the nation's three largest opioid distributors agreed to pay the state uh, $518 million, with the vast majority being directed towards easing the addiction epidemic. All right, let's move on to the next thing uh, from USA Today. 
NYC dancer dies after eating recalled mislabeled cookies from Stu Leonard, uh, Stu Leonard's grocery store. The death of New York City professional dancer who died after eating mislabeled cookies sold at a Northeastern United States supermarket chain was devastating and preventable, an attorney for the family said Thursday. Orla Baxendale, 25, of Manhattan, died on January 11th from anaphylactic shock after a severe allergic reaction to a manufactured cookie or to a cookie manufactured by Cookies United and sold by Stu Leonard, according to a statement obtained by USA Today from the New York City-based law, for, law firm Gare Gare Conison Rabinowitz Bloom Hershenhorn Stegman and McCoof. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration and Stu Leonard's, based in Norwalk, Norwalk, I can't say it, Norwalk, Connecticut, recently issued a recall of the vanilla Florentine cookies sold at Stu Leonard's in Danbury, in Dan, in Danbury and Newington, Kentucky, and Connecticut, <laughs> on dates November 6th through December 31st of 2023, the firm reported. The cookies contain peanuts not listed as part of the ingredients, the law firm wrote. So essentially, Baxendale uh, was at a party. Um, she's very hyper vigilant about um, you know looking for the um, you know looking for peanuts, making sure she doesn't eat them. Uh, she also carries an EpiPen with her. She reads the label, and sure enough, there's no mention of peanuts. So she thinks she's good to go. And <clears throat> next thing you know, she's going to anaphylactic shock. They try to use the EpiPen, but at that point, her condition was so severe that it just wasn't enough, and she she dies. So obviously, it's very unfortunate, um, very sad, but it is one of those things where it's like, this was completely preventable. Now, um, let's see here. Trying to see where I wanted to pick up from the story. Yeah, they talk about this. Uh, Lure, uh, Leonard Jr., who, um, let's see, is the supermarket chain president. Leonard Jr. said the company bought the now-recalled holiday cookies from an outside supplier, and Stu Leonard sold about 500 effective packages over the holidays. Unfortunately, the supplier changed the recipe and started going from soy nuts to peanuts and our company's chief safety officer was never notified we take labeling very seriously especially when it comes to peanuts <clears throat> now if you just take the statement and walk away you go oh okay well damn that that's unfortunate that's really sad that clearly you guys shipped to you know or you, you use a third party here and that's biting in the ass it's that's that's very unfortunate that's bad um but that's that's half of it and that's just what they're saying um, from uh, Cookies United, in a statement released to USA Today Thursday, Walker G. Flannery III, an attorney for Cookies United, called the woman's death tragic and extended its condolences to the family of Stu Leonard's customers. Stu Leonard's claimed in an earlier press release that the cookies contained peanuts, uh, which was an ingredient not disclosed to Stu Leonard by the manufacturer. Unfortunately, 
Considering the tragedy of these circumstances, we need to point out that Stu Leonard was notified by Cookies United in July of 2023, and that the product now contains peanuts, and all products shipped to them have been labeled accordingly. This product is sold under Stu Leonard's brand and repackaged at their facilities. The incorrect label was created by and applied to their products by Stu Leonard's. That to me is very damning. Now, obviously you can kind of pull this back and say, well, this is just a, a, a tit for tat. He said, she said, they're just pointing the finger at each other. But at the end of the day, if Cookies United shows the receipts for this, then clearly Stu Leonard is just lying and just trying to say, yeah, uh, this is just a propaganda that we're trying to push because we don't want to feel or be responsible for this. Um, also just kind of by the look of it, I feel like a Stu Leonard and I hope maybe I have some people in this area. I would love to have a listener from this area, um, who's been to a Stu Leonard's. I feel like it's like a Kroger. I feel like it's like a giant Eagle, like kind of like your locals, like, um, I feel like you can say supermarket, right? Like, you know what I mean? Where you can go, they have like a little private selection of things. Then obviously all your, your name brand stuff that you can buy, yada, yada, yada. Um, so yeah, um, obviously this is a super sad, unfortunate situation. It's a shame that we're kind of caught up in a blame game when literally someone's whole ass life was snuffed out. Like I personally don't have um, any like life-threatening allergies. I will say if you put me around the the wrong cat or dog, I, I, I'm like a vampire in a church. I'm like, <laughs> I just turn into a mess. I'm a wreck, um, but it doesn't kill me. Um, I couldn't imagine having an allergy that would literally send me into a death spiral and I die. Um, and for Backensdale, that's something that she had to deal with. And not only did she deal with it, she was just hypervigilant and she thrived. She did the best she could with her life. She lived a very bright and wonderful life. And it's a shame that it was snuffed out by a situation like this. And I do feel like you can say that. I don't think that it's it, it, in any way, shape, or form you can blame a victim in the situation, especially when they're doing the best they can to not eat the thing that's going to kill them. You know what I mean? So I was very fucking unfortunate, and I'll try to keep you posted on whatever I learn in the future. All right, we have one more thing to cover, and then I'll let you go. But you know what that means. It's classic break time. Break time. That's bad airflow. Gotta, gotta fix that. Ooh. Okay. Let me steal myself a bit because <coughs> this, this article is not good news. It's pretty rough. Ugh. So trigger warning, sexual abuse. Um, yeah. Okay. From Variety. WWE founder Vince McMahon accused of sexual abuse and trafficking in lawsuit by former employee. Now, this is a bit of an update. We've um, touched on this subject before, um, but there are a bit more details I've learned from this article, though I will say I'm probably not going to delve too deeply into them, not because I don't want to cover it per se, but just because I don't think that it's something that I want to necessarily like 
you know, have to say when it's here and you can read it if you're so enthused to. But um, let's see. A former employee of the WWE sued founder Vince McMahon alleged he abused and sexually exploited her um, while she was working at the entertainment company. And um, sorry, I'm paraphrasing here. There's like literally something in the way. Let me see if I can just reload the article and maybe it'll work for me. Um, here we go. Sexually exploited her when he was CEO of the wrestling entertainment company and that McMahon allegedly trafficked her to other men as a pawn to secure talent deals with prospective wrestlers the company was recruiting. The former WWE employee, Janelle Grant, filed a lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for the District of Connecticut, uh, Thursday, naming McMahon, WWE, and former head of talent relations John Laurinaitis as defendant. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously these are big claims. Um, this is a lawsuit, so um, it's most likely going to be you know ending in some kind of like money payout or something like that. Uh, but let's see. The lawsuit alleges McMahon, Laurinaitis, and the WWE violated the Trafficking Victims Prevention Act and includes claims of civil battery and intentional in- intentional infliction of emotional distress in relation to years-long sexual and emotional abuse Grant said she endured as an employee of the WWE. The lawsuit seeks unspecified monetary damages as well as a dec- declaratory judgment that a non-disclosure agreement grant signed while she was a wwe employee is void and unenforceable and does not bar any of plain any of plaintiff's claims against defendants mcmahon and the we a copy of the lawsuit is available in this link so yeah i mean these are pretty pretty big um uh, i would say damning accusations um let's see there's also some I almost want to say side news, just comparing it to, you know, the weight of this kind of trauma. But uh, the lawsuit was filed two days after TKO inked a 10-year deal with Netflix for WWE's Monday Night Raw, valued at $500 million per year, a significant step up in fees for the franchise. Uh, Representatives for Netflix did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the lawsuit. In addition to the Netflix deal... TKO announced that Dwayne Johnson has joined its board that uh, Johnson gained and that Johnson gained ownership of the trademark named The Rock. So, yeah, I mean, we had covered um, when these kind of allegations initially been launched and um, McMahon stepped down in June of 2022. Um, There was like a third party investigation into things. And then after that, he came back to kind of help spearhead the deal with like the UFC and the WWE fusing and like Saudi, I think Saudi Arabia was involved or some shit. And essentially TKO is born. Um, but yeah, I mean, meanwhile, this whole thing has been kind of lurking on the backbeat. So it looks like now it has kind of evolved and now to this legal lawsuit. So I'll keep you posted on what comes next from that. Obviously, it's it's very unfortunate, and and this is where I say it's the icky part, right? Because I mean, as a as a kid, I grew up on wrestling. You know, like it was something that was so like 
I hate to say it because it sounds so corny, but it was key. It was a vital thing for me. Like, like it was just such a, it was a little live action soap opera for boys and men. And um, that does something to you. You know what I mean? That's crucial. And um, it's such a shame that like in the backbeat of this, like people who are running the show and like, yeah, like you're not surprised that Vince McMahon is like the worst fucking gross guy, but like to hear and, 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 like some of the shit that is is alleged and, and stated in this in this article is just so upsetting. It's so frustrating. Um, it's it's much like the Diddy thing, you know. When you when you get the details on that, I'll say that, you know, to kind of give you the scale. Um, it's very it's very sad. It's very um, um, but that being said, um, you know, hopefully for Grant, I uh, you know. It's, she gets her chance to, you know, put this out and, and, and legally and hopefully get some semblance of justice. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a shame we got to close on that, but that's kind of how the cookie crumbles. Um, so, yeah, that's the episode. Um, if you'd like to help out, support the effort, I do have a Patreon. Patreon.com for Zaya News. You become a newsy today. Uh, I shout you out at the top of the month and I plug a project if you like. Uh, I just found out uh, I was able to do the technical thing. So now if you're on Spotify, you should be able to see the link now. It should be there now. You know, you can just click it Um, or wherever you're listening to it. I think it should you should be able to see it. Maybe not on YouTube, but that's okay. Uh, We'll get to that. Um, Let's see. Freeways hit me up. Isaiahnews1 at gmail.com. Feel free to follow me or the podcast on the socials and the YouTube. Back to the YouTube. Please subscribe to YouTube. That's another great way you can help out the effort. I, I, I see a new subscriber. That happened. That was so dope. I love that. That makes me smile every time. So please subscribe. I hate to shill even harder, but if you get your friends to subscribe, you push this, you share this, that's crazy. That would be wild if you did it. Um, it means a lot, though. It helps out a lot. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I really have. Uh, reviews are great as well. Comments are always great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yes, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love ya. Bye-bye. Mwah.